0: Appreciate you guys. And Brian shared that story with me before, but that's a, a great story, to say the least. And let's keep the Coopers in our prayers. And everybody misses them here, and they, they do doing better. i have gotten some better reports here recently. But um, always, always like having company too. Just keep that in mind. So uh, Don'll probably have the door open for you before you get there if you ever stop to see him. That's that encouragement that I'm just talking about, that we get from each other as a church family. I hope you all know, I love you guys. I can't tell you how much I appreciate you. I hope you realize how blessed we truly are to have each other as a church family, as friends, as neighbors, as fellow believers in Jesus Christ. I know that if something happens in my life, I've got you guys. And I hope that each and every one of you can say the same thing as you look around this room today. What a blessing it is to have a church family. Now, today we're going to talk about the last church of, of the series, Laodicea. But there's still one sermon yet to come. Now, next week is 9-11. We're going to have a, a special thing at the beginning of the service, and then Scott's going to be bringing the message later on that day. But then the week after that, on September 18th, and you can see in your bulletins there, we've got one more sermon in this series. Hartford, what if Jesus wrote us a letter? So I want you to make sure you're here for the next two Sundays. I think this is going to be pretty, pretty big stuff for our church. But today, Laodicea. What about Laodicea? Well, this is a city that is in, um, inland a little bit. It's kind of uh, the bottom right there, the bottom right cross on that map up there. You can see it. That's where Laodicea is. A lot of roads are going to lead from there to other cities. Uh, Right below there is Colossae, or where we get the book of Colossians from. Uh, Laodicea, the church, is even mentioned in Paul's letter to the church of Colossians. Uh, Basically, Paul says, after you read this letter, take it down to Laodicea and read it to them too. They're having some of the same issues. Of course, this is a book written by John, and this is a letter from Christ that John dictated for him. There's a few famous things about Laodicea's letter that you will all recognize today as we go through it. Here's a couple, of course, stand at the door knock, and the lukewarm, neither hot nor cold. These are all both things that come from this specific scripture. But yet we all all know these things. Laodicea is the only letter that Christ wrote that had nothing good to say about what the church was doing. I think about the last six churches we've talked about, there was some good. There was one church that had nothing bad to say. Most of them had good and bad. But with Laodicea, there's nothing good that comes out of that. Now, this is a rich city, a very wealthy city. They were a center of banking. They had their own coins that they would make. That will come into the story today, come into play here. And it makes more sense when we look at these things, about what these cities had going on in them. This is why Christ was using these illustrations that mattered to these people. and We try to do the same thing here with us. Ever did a real good job with salt. That's what we do. That's what Christ did. It also had a black wool trade. One of their biggest trades out of that city, one of their biggest industrial trades, was a unique black or almost purple type of wool that they would make uh, different um, outfits with. It was a cheaper type material. and was also used to... Uh, For soldiers and some of the gear that they would wear underneath armor. This was a big trade for them. And then finally, they had a medical school there that specialized in the ear, but more importantly, they specialized in the eye. And this was a really a new wave of, of, of health in this city or in this time. People started looking at those eyeballs. And they developed an eye ointment. And this eye ointment would also be something that was highly sought out through the Roman Empire would be a big part of their trade. Uh, again, why were they wealthy? Because of their black wool and because of their eye ointment. So what else about the city? Well, in 61 AD, there was an earthquake. Now, it, it seems that the earthquake that happened in 17 AD, that happened in a couple of the other cities that we've talked about recently, didn't seem to, to affect Laodicea. But in 61 AD, they had a major earthquake there that really put the city in ruins. <coughs> and Rome came in, like they had all the other cities, and said, we, we'll help. We're going to help you rebuild. This is all part of the Roman Empire. But Laodicea said, uh-uh. They wanted to do it on their own. They wanted to make sure there was no outside interference. They wanted to build their buildings back the way that they wanted to build their buildings back. They didn't need help because they prided themselves on how rich they were. Keep these things in mind as we go forward today. Yes, they still had some of the same type of false god issues. Uh, They had some of the same type of uh, temples to false god type things. Some of the same other problems that some of these other churches were dealing with. But Laodicea specifically, these three things, keep in mind, this wealthy city. So, of course, let's look at the letter then. Who is the letter from? Every week, it's the same thing. Christ gives them a very personal account of who he is. He identifies himself in a personal way to fit their needs, in a way that they will understand. Christ says this, Revelation chapter 3, verse 14. This is the message from the one who is the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the ruler of God's creation. Let's break this down a little bit. He said he was the, the Amen or the great Amen. Well, let's look at what the word Amen means. I agree or so be it. When you say Amen, you are saying so be it, or I agree, or here, here, or right on, or however you want to look at it, you're saying, so be it. So if I say something along the lines of, boy, aren't we blessed to have Jesus in our hearts, and you say, amen, right? You're really saying, so be it, yeah, that's right. Christ's word is dependable, is what this means. He is the amen, he is the one that has made it be, he is dependable, What he says is what is. He says it, that's that. Next he says he's a ruler. I'm sorry, witness. Personal observation. And when Christ gives us personal observation, we know that it is 100% accurate, honest, true. This, again, is exactly what what it is. Christ has that personal observation on each and every one of our lives. He knows this better than we know ourselves. That's why when He identifies Himself to these people, He knows that this is how He needs to identify Himself to these people. See, He knows this better because He is our Creator, He is the ruler of creation. In other words, He wasn't created Himself, He instead was the Creator. Stay with me, Ryan. He knows us better than we know ourselves. He knows all of our specific needs. Everything about us. Why? Because he created us. Now think, think about that for a second. Because I think I know what I need. I'm pretty sure I know that today I need to take a shower. Check. Shave before church. Check. Go to Subway after church and eat a foot-long double meat, double cheese with extra mayonnaise. I'm not there yet. We're getting there. Some of my basic needs. I know, right? But you know what? I don't even begin to know myself compared to the way the Creator knows me. And that goes for each That's not just me. That's not me saying, look at me or I. This is not the preacher. This is an illustration, right? An illustration. Because it's the same for you. And you, and you, and you, and you, and you. Christ knows you. He is not a creation. He was there from the beginning. Look at the front of your bulletins today. What does it say? John chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was God, with, with God. Jesus was there when you were created in your mother's womb. Jesus was there when Adam and Eve were created. Jesus was there before day one of creation. Because Jesus is God. And if there's one thing that we know about God, he knows our specific needs. So that's who it's from. But now who is the letter for? Revelation chapter 3, verse 15 through 17. Let's look at this. It's a few slides here. I know all the things you do, that you are neither hot nor cold. I wish that you were one or the other, but since you are like lukewarm water, neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. You say, I am rich. I have everything I want. I don't need a thing. And you don't realize that you are wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. Wow. I sure wouldn't want to be the church that got that letter. Boy, I would be scared at this point. If I was that church in Laodicea having to read this, where Jesus is saying that because we're so lukewarm, he's going to spit us out of his mouth? That's denial of the Holy Spirit. That's us knowing what we need to do and refusing to do it. That's us being pulled by the Spirit to worship, to reach out, and us saying, "Uh uh-uh. Because I'm comfortable where I'm at, because I don't need anything, because I've got money and stuff and eye ointment and clothes and food. The Lord says to them, They're not hot or cold. Hot nor cold. They're indifferent or non committal. Think about that for a second. What kind of issues are there in the world right now where it is so easy? To play these two cards, to say ah, I'm indifferent to that, I'm just going to stay out of it, or eh, I'm non-committal on this subject because I don't want anybody to be mad at me. I don't want anybody not to like me. Like we've talked about so many times, there's two ends of this spectrum. There's there's the end that, that's going to be very liberal and say, "Hey, do whatever you want. It's 2016." And then there's the other end that's very legalistic that's going to add and add and add and add to things that we are told not to do. But we have to look at the Scripture, folks. We have to look at what God, what the Word actually says. And then when we see that, and we can see it for the truth that it is, the only truth, we can't be indifferent to it. We can't be non-committal to it. When we look at our faith, our actions our attitude, our behavior. If you have a bad attitude, that's a problem. And what, what can you say about that anymore? I say it every single week. If you have a bad attitude, that's a problem. Fix it. Cheer up. Guys, we've got reason to rejoice, not only because of a great church family, but because we have a God that loves us so much that he sent his son that forgives us of our sins, even though we are so undeserving of that. Because we have bad attitudes. Think, think about this though. If you're indifferent to what I just said, like, yeah, I'm going to have a bad attitude anyways. If you're non committal and you say, I'm not going to have the actions unless it benefits me. Are you hot or are you cold? That complacent, the belief that your behavior, your, the belief doesn't match your behavior. If you say, "I believe in Jesus Christ and I've taken him as my Savior," well, your, your actions should match that. Your behavior should match that. Your encouragement should match that. And if it doesn't, then we are in danger of being hot or cold. And if we're not hot or cold, we are in big-time danger of Christ spitting us out of His mouth, spit or vomit. Some translations say it's that rejection. Now, some of you might just said, ew. Yeah, ew, ew is absolutely right. Jesus said in the Beatitudes, in the Sermon on the Mount, I mean, that you are either with him or against him. There's no, I'm sometimes for him and I'm sometimes against him. Either you're for him or you're against him. And folks, church attendance is not what makes you for him, but that is part of it. Absolutely. It's what you do when you leave these doors. That's why we come here, to equip, to encourage, to strengthen each other, to grow in our faith so that we can take that outside of these walls. That's our responsibility as Christians. Are you hot? Are you cold? We've got to figure this out. Sometimes we have that bad taste in our mouth, though. That bad taste, he also says, with great disgust. With great disgust is how he would reject us. Sometimes we have that bad taste. Criticism can get you that bad taste. Today, this week, I had a bad taste in my mouth over a football player. Colin Kaepernick, if you haven't heard of him. Refused to stand for the national anthem. And it left a real bad taste in my mouth. I thought, how dare he? This guy plays a sport and makes, I don't know, $200,000 million a year. Probably more like twelve or fifteen. A bunch of money. More than we all have together is what he makes. And you know what? He's not even that good. That's my right to say that, isn't it? As an American citizen. I have the right, just like he does, to sit down during that national anthem. I have the right to say, how dare you? And Colin Kaepernick, I hope that you watch this video on YouTube, and I hope you know that a preacher from a church in Hartford, Kentucky, is disappointed in you. Very disappointed. But chances are he won't. And chances are he doesn't care what I have to say. But I have the right to say it. That's a real bad taste, Colin. Not very classy. And that's my right as an American citizen, and I choose to use that right right now. However, I also have a bigger role as a Christian. And as hard as it is, I got to forgive him. And as hard as it is, and as despicable it is, here's a man who could be a role model for young, for young people, for young African American children, who has instead chosen to take a different route a route of oppression as he sits in his mansion with his millions and millions of dollars. But I have to instead take a Christian attitude. I have to love him regardless and say, you know what? We forgive you, even if you don't want to be forgiven, even if you didn't ask for forgiveness. And I have to say, you know what? we got to pray for this young man. we got to pray for this young man and so many other people out there that have hate in their heart. There's a whole world out there, folks, that doesn't realize what Christianity is truly about. In a word, love. And that's why we have to have that behavior, that action, that attitude every day, even when people literally make us sick to our stomachs and disgust and leave that bad taste. No, that doesn't mean we have to like it. And I know that most of us certainly don't. But it does mean And we still have to love him. So what else does Christ say about that that, that indifference, that rejection, that disgust? He says something about people saying they have no needs. That's just arrogant is what that is. And he says instead to them, you're poor, you're blind, you're naked. That's what he says to them. See, it doesn't matter what stuff you have, what things you have. It doesn't matter how great you think you are. If you are going to come and you're going to say before God, I have no needs. Our church has no needs. We're everything we need to be right now. Christ is going to say to you, you're poor. Remember what they prided themselves on? Their money. And he says, you're poor. He said, you're blind. Remember that eye ointment? That was their biggest export. Remember their clothing? Black wool. Christ says, you're naked. Don't you realize? Don't you realize what you're doing here? Arrogance is offensive. The fact is, without Christ, we have nothing. So that's who it's from. That's who it's for. Now let's look at the purpose. Revelation chapter 3, verse 18 through 20. So I advise you to buy gold for me, gold that has been purified by fire. Then you will be rich. Also buy white garments for me, so that you will not be ashamed by your nakedness. And ointment for your eyes, so you will be able to see. I correct and discipline everyone I love, so be diligent and turn from your indifference. Look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in, and we will share a meal together as friends one of the first things he said there was, I counsel you. Now remember, he is counseling us. As in, you still have a choice. If you see a counselor, they might give you some advice, give you some direction, but it is still your choice of what you do with that. Christ is giving us that choice. He's, giving us, uh, he's advising us. He's encouraging us. He's directing us. He's helping us to make a wise decision. With our behavior, with our actions, with our attitude, every single day. See, balls in your court. Or you make the call. Be smart, right? Make a smart decision. Isn't that the bottom line in our lives? Make a righteous, smart decision. Choose Christ, choose the obedience. Don't be lukewarm. He also says, I am. I am here, and I am willing. And how did he say that? He was knocking at the door, wasn't he? Is Christ knocking for you? It's that personal relationship. That's what he's seeking. What did he say? I'm going to come in, I'm going to sit down, and I'm going to eat with you. We're going to have a meal. We're going to have friendship. Friendship. That personal relationship with Christ, that friendship with him. Guys, there's nothing better than that. That's what he's asking for when he's knocking at the door. Knocking at the door to your heart. Is he knocking on your door right now? If so, don't you think it's about time to let him in? Maybe you've already made that decision to have that personal relationship with Christ. Maybe he's knocking to check on you. Isn't time to open the door? See, Christ wants to have that relationship. What else does he want? Here's just a few things the letter writer wants. We're going to wrap it up. Now, this goes back to the verse I just read, so I'll read this verse. First of all, he wants us to buy from him. What? Gold, white clothes, and ointment. Gold that is refined by fire. See, purity is true wealth. Purity comes through obedience. False wealth, earthly wealth cannot buy you love, health, happiness, comfort, fellowship, friendship, salvation, or victory. He says, buy these white clothes from me. Not the black wool stuff, the white clothes. Again, purity, forgiveness. He wants to take away your shame your sin, your nakedness, your faults. See, guys, without Christ, our faults, they're all exposed and they're out there and they, they laid bare. With Him, they are wiped clean, white, and pure. He also says to buy ointment. Why? To see God clearly, to see our goal, to be able to look at our own selves and realize that we all have improving to do with behavior, with actions with attitudes. That ointment so we can focus on our faith. Chapter 3, verse 20 says this. Those who are victorious will sit with me on my throne. Just as I was victorious and sat with my father on his throne, I'm about ready to make a statement and I need an amen on it. The fact is, Christ was victorious. He rose from the dead. And you know what he wants for you? not just that you have this purity, this focus on faith. He wants you also to be victorious or to overcome. He's knocking. Let's let him in. Would you please bow with me? Most gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you so very, very much for knocking on our door and giving us an opportunity to let you in. Lord, we ask that you will help us to go forward every single day And to be on fire for you. Lord, we don't want to be lukewarm. And we don't want to be cold. Lord, we know that to be cold would be that we just do not believe and don't, don't trust in you at all. Lord, for most of us, that's not the case. So we know that our real danger is of being lukewarm. That belief that we have in you. That trust that we have in you. But yet, a lack of obedience. Help us, Lord, to instead have that full commitment to You. <clears throat> to instead, Lord, not be arrogant or indifferent, but to seek You first always. Lord, help us to do that every single day of our lives and to be everyday Christians. Lord, we ask all these things. In the name of Jesus Christ's most precious and holy name, we do pray. Amen.